everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of World of Wallace and Gromit, the podcast, which is all about Wensleydale. See what you think. Wensleydale. As fans of Wallace and Gromit, it's fairly common knowledge that Wallace and Gromit's favourite cheese is, of course, Wensleydale. But I wonder how much more you know about the cheese itself, and the effect that Wallace and Gromit had on its existence. Oh no, not cheese. Sorry, it brings me out in a rash. Can't stand the stuff. Not even Wensleydale. If we head back to 1995, a close shave was due to be released on Christmas Eve, and the Wensleydale Creamery's managing director, David Hartley, received a postcard message from Vernon Sproxton, the father of Ardman co-founder David Sproxton, telling him to give a close shave a watch. At the end of the film, this was when, for the first time, we hear Wallace express his love for Wensleydale when despairing at Wendelin's cheese allergies. Originally, Wallace and Gromit creator Nick Park chose Wensleydale cheese to be Wallace's favourite because of the way that Wallace would say it. Lots of big mouth shapes and expression. But the Yorkshire-based cheese also perfectly fits with the northern setting that Wallace and Gromit is based in. Cheese making in the region of Wensleydale in North Yorkshire dates back to the year 1150 when Cistercian monks first settled in the Dales and made cheese, although a very different kind to what we know as Wensleydale today. Having come over from France, they established abbeys in Fours and Jarvis in Wensleydale. The monks kept sheep and used the milk from them to make the cheese, until about the 14th century, when cow's milk started to be used instead of sheep's. After the dissolution of the monasteries under King Henry VIII's rule, the monks passed the cheese-making recipes and traditions onto local farmers' wives, who continued to produce the cheese in their homes for their families. Moving forward to 1897, a local corn and provisions merchant, Edward Chapman, built the first creamery in Hawes, and started making Wensleydale cheese on a larger scale. He purchased milk from local farmers and commenced commercial production. The cheese started to gain popularity with British people in the early 20th century, until the 30s when the Great Depression hit. Coupled with the devastation caused by the First World War, and poor management by the ex-serviceman owner Captain Goodwin. The creamery was nearly ruined, until, in 1935, an entrepreneur named Kit Calvert stepped in. The dairy owed money in debts and had a lot of unsold stock. They were struggling to shift, so Kit was instrumental in engaging the dairy boards and local farmers into turning the luck of the creamery around. He took over the management of the factory and started to improve its profits. During the Second World War, the traditional farmhouse cheesemaking art in Wensleydale came to an end, as all cheese needed to be graded for rationing. Additionally, a lot of milk in the country was diverted for use in what was known as government cheddar, which was also part of rationing. The Wensleydale factory survived, and in 1966, Kit sold the creamery to the Milk Marketing Board, which went on to become Dairy Crest in 1979. Moving forward to the early 90s, the creamery was struggling again, and in May 1992, Dairy Crest closed the factory, resulting in 59 job losses. 
However, six months later, four of the ex-managers, along with local businessmen, bought the business themselves. After employing 11 members of the former workforce, production began to produce Wensydale again, albeit not quite in the same quantities as before. When Wallace declared his love for Wensydale in 1995, this caused a huge boost in sales, right when the creamery needed it most. In 2005, the cheese was mentioned again in The Curse of the Were-Rabbit, and sales jumped 23% as a result, leading to Wallace and Gromit firmly being the symbol and ambassadors for Yorkshire Wensydale to this day. You can even get special Wallace and Gromit edition Wensydale cheeses with their faces on the wax coating. In 2013, Yorkshire Wensydale achieved European Protected Geographical Indication, which means that whilst Wensydale cheese can be made anywhere, Yorkshire Wensydale can only be crafted to the age-old recipe in the designated Wensydale area using local milk and unique starter cultures. The creamery opened new premises on the site in 2015 and employs over 200 staff now, with consistent sales of the popular cheese contributing over £12 million to the local economy. Quite the transformation from 30 years ago. The original Yorkshire Wensydale cheese, known as real Yorkshire Wensydale, is a pale yellow, mild and crumbly hard cheese. I must say it's probably my favourite cheese. Its fresh, buttery and slightly sweet taste pairs it very well with fruits like apple and even fruitcake. In Yorkshire, it's often eaten with Christmas cake and is popular with apple pie, apparently originating the saying, an apple pie without the cheese is like a kiss without the squeeze. (laughs) As well as the real Yorkshire Wensydale, there are several other varieties produced in the creamery. Naturally oak-smoked, the cheese is smoked over oat chips for 18 hours in a smokehouse at the creamery. This gives the rind a golden colour and a smoky flavour to the cheese. Mature Wensydale. This is a harder, more flavoured version of Wensydale. Extra mature Wensydale, the strongest of the Wensydale cheeses, having been aged for nine months, as opposed to the three to six months of real Yorkshire Wensydale. Blue Wensydale, as the name suggests, this is a blue-veined Wensydale. Blended Wensydale, this comes in many forms, as it incorporates a variety of other ingredients. Variants of blended Wensydale include Wensydale and cranberries, Wensydale and apricots, and Wensydale and stem ginger. I went to visit the Wensydale Creamery last summer, and in the cheese shop they have this amazing tasting table where you can go round and try different samples of so many different kinds of cheese that they make there. I think I must have tried at least 15 different ones, proving the flavour versatility of Wensydale. Although I would say that I probably wouldn't try all of them again. Also at the creamery is a purpose-built visitor centre, where visitors of all ages can learn about the origins of Wensydale, understand more about old Wensydale making equipment, have a picture taken with Wallace and Gromit display, and even see a live interactive demonstration of the Wensydale making process. At the end of the visitor experience, there's a viewing gallery where you can also peep into the factory where they actually make the Wensydale to sell. The cafe restaurant sells lots of cheesy dishes, and set in the beautiful Yorkshire countryside, what's not to like? I would definitely recommend going. Understandably, this year has been a bit different for visiting, but if you're interested in finding out a bit more about it, or even putting Wensydale in your evening meal, the Wensydale website has lots of good stuff to help. Speaking of recipes, 
To mark 15 years of Wallace and Gromit and Wensiedale in 2011, customers buying the 200 gram real Yorkshire Wensiedale cheeses could also get a free recipe book full of cheesy recipes. I believe it was only in Morrison's supermarkets, but I wonder if any listeners managed to get one. There was also a book released last year, in 2019, as part of Wallace and Gromit's 30th anniversary celebrations, called Lovely Cheese Gromit, which contained cheesy recipes, facts and jokes, which may be a descendant of the earlier book. From their factory in rural Yorkshire, Wensiedale can now be found all over the world, winning all sorts of global and local awards. What a cracking cheese. What do you think of that then, Gromit? Today's review is of issue 26 of the Wallace and Gromit comic, published by Titan Magazines. Some of you may remember that I mentioned in a previous episode that there used to be a series of monthly magazines in the Wallace and Gromit comic series, with the first issue being released in October 2005. They continued for 26 issues, and by pure coincidence, nine-year-old me bought issue 26. I wasn't a proper fan at this point, I just liked the dog on the front cover. So unfortunately this is the only issue I have, but I thought I'd give it a review anyway. So inside we have four comic strip stories, uh, making up the bulk of the magazine, where Beagles Dare, about dog-powered renewable energy, Gromit Time, where Gromit steps in to prevent a clock-based disaster, a close snip, featuring Gromit with some rather colourful hair, Double Dutch, with a translation invention mishap, and the spaghetti incident, which is my favourite of the five, and tells the story of Wallace's spaghetti invention going wrong. As well as the comics, there's the usual magazine puzzles, jokes, how to draw section, posters, and send in your drawings and letters page. The replies come from Wallace himself, which I think is a rather nice touch. A few double pages on Wallace's cracking contraptions and garden insects, and you've got yourselves a cracking magazine. Personally, I think it's a shame they stopped after 26 issues. But there we go. Uh, All's well that ends well, that's what I say. And that's the end of this episode. I hope you've enjoyed finding out a bit more about this King of Cheeses. Um, This is the last episode I'll be doing for a while, but I hope to be back for perhaps one or two more before the end of the year. I've really enjoyed creating this podcast, celebrating all things Wallace and Gromit, and hope these episodes have reached other fans out there, or just those who stumbled across the podcast and decide to give it a go. So, till next time. From me, from Gromit, from Arj. Au revoir, chucks. <laughs>